everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of A Bit of Fellatio. I am your host, Jason Geller, alongside producer extraordinaire, John Maddox. Hi, John. Hey, Jay. How's it going? It's going really good. You know, it's it's the second time we've done this uh, podcast this week, and uh, it, it's good to, to see you and talk to you again. Yeah, man. How was the block party tonight? The block party actually was a little underwhelming. Looks like they just trotted out the same old tailgate games and charged us a bunch of money for frozen hamburgers. But you know what? We had a good time, and that's what counts. Was RG3 there? I saw he was at Spirit Splash today. I did not. I think he was tending to his face plant that he did during the Spirit Splash (laughs) uh, rush of the uh, fountain. Get well soon, RG3. If you're listening, RG3, drop us a line, and uh, maybe we'll have you on as a guest, if we can squeeze you in. No promises. I bet we could work something out. We'll see. Anyway, today on the special bonus episode, we're actually going to be doing a look back at the auction from a couple months ago. We're right at the midway point of the season, at least the fantasy football regular season, seven weeks in. It felt like this was a good time to go back and take a look at all the players that were drafted or picked during the 2022 auction. Look at what they went for and... uh, With the benefit of a little bit of hindsight, we can see if anyone had uh, really good deals, really bad picks, who paid way over market price, and uh, who got some steals in the process. John, what do you say? You ready to kick this thing off? Well, before we get started, just wanted to mention that this episode is brought to you ad-free by Quarantino Casino, the number one online Zoom casino. Thank you so much, Quarantino Casino. We're happy that you were able to sponsor the pod uninterrupted today. So settle in, whatever you're doing with your routine. Hopefully you got your notifications on because we're not going to really announce this episode. But if you got notifications, you're going to know about it. So here we go. Uh, We're going to go alphabetical order. We're going to go team by team and really talk about best picks, worst picks for each team. John? We start with our favorite team, big fan of the podcast, uh, Rick Bosley's team, the Chulo de Tortoises. And once yeah. again, just just to stress, we're picking these teams based on alphabetical order. This has nothing to do with the picking on the tortoises. Yes, but C is for Chuloda, and we start there. John, I wanted to take a look at who I thought they had as their best pick, and I had a couple candidates. And let me tell you who I thought. Michael Thomas, Ricky. Wrong. Okay, George Kittle, Ricky got wrong, but but he got these guys for nineteen dollars and eighteen dollars respectively. Okay, why is Michael Thomas at nineteen dollars a good pick? Okay, so I understand Michael Thomas right now is the fifty-fourth ranked wide receiver. He scored thirty-three fantasy points on the year. However, the first two games he put up twenty-nine fantasy points. Week three he got injured a little bit. He had four fantasy points and he's been out ever since okay okay no 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 no. i'm gonna stop you there because that is my counter to your argument in 2020 he missed nine games he missed all of 2021 he comes back for two games and now he's missed his fifth straight game this week for 19 dollars, i cannot trust someone so fragile i just think that if he's out you know he's going to be out. You can set your lineup accordingly. It's worse when you get a guy that starts a game and doesn't finish it. That, that's worse. So with Michael Thomas, he hasn't started any of these other games. So really, he's averaging 11 points for the times that Ricky's trotted him out there. And so, look, we're talking about Ricky's team here. Not not the best pick overall. So Okay. I guess I can give you that, that this is Ricky's best pick. 
And maybe it's George Kill. I mean, George Kill, I know, look, he's the 15th ranked tight end, but this year has been so bad at the tight end position. It's, it's just been so awful. And George Kill just started coming to life. All right. There, there are way better places to invest your money than $18 for the number 15 tight end. Rick, do yourself a favor right now. Drop Kittle. Pick up Greg Dulcich. Oh, okay. Five bucks off the waiver wire. Much better performance. Fair enough. I suppose he's got some other options there. But these are these are his best picks. John, do you have any candidate that you can call out for Ricky's best pick? I cannot. I cannot okay. tell a lie. I, look, we're trying to be nice. So I was trying to be nice anyway. And and I you're doing it respectfully, so I can appreciate that, John. So with that said, we do have to. We're not trying to be negative, but this is part of the format of today's show. John, who do you think is Ricky's worst pick from this year's auction? It's Mixon. I don't want to harp on it too much right now, but it's Mixon. You know, it's tough because Mixon's been okay. He's been good enough. Right now, he's the running back 16 on the year, but Rick spent $63 on him. And this is, I believe this was more than anyone else went for in the entire auction. I have more to say on Mixon, but I'm going to save it till later in the podcast. I did want to get your impressions on Rick signing the Buccaneers D through 2024. You know, I don't know from year to year what the Buccaneers D will look like. The Buccaneers D may be related to Tom Brady and whether Tom Brady continues his career. If they find that they're starting over, they may start trading people. That's a tough one with so much up in the air as far as the future of that team overall. Yeah, I can't I can't sign off on that. I could I could see signing to a two-year deal and having to have that slot taken out for going into next season, but if they don't continue to perform this season, going into next season, you're going to have to pick up another defense if they really take a slide and then you have to have them on your team on taking up a bench slot for that entire year even if they're, you know, unusable in fantasy, I, I don't like the three-year contract for any defense. Well, I can understand. I mean, they, they were certainly high-ranked coming into the season. They've been performing. They're the fifth-ranked defense this year. So something that can be a, little, you know, be a little fluid from year to year, and they've certainly shown that consistency this year at least so far. So, you know, maybe it's not something I want to sign to a long deal, but certainly getting him at a dollar is pretty good. So if he's got him at a dollar and he wants to lock that in and just roll with that every week going forward, you pick a lot of worse teams than the Buccaneers team to do that with. Sure. All right. Who's up next, Jay? Hey, look, it's my turn. The Detroit Roadies. John, I'm going to turn it over to you. I've got a lot of thoughts on my own team. Who do you think my best pick in this year's auction was? I don't know that I can pick a single best pick. And it pains me to be this nice to you. This is but... what I like to hear. You took some big swings, and most of them were really good, solid hits. You got Brees Hall at $21. Looked looked like that was a home run. Then he got hurt. Tough break. Awesome. You got Olave for $6, which is turning out to be a heck of a deal. And uh, Ramondre Stevenson, what's he ranked right now in, in running backs? He is the, the ninth-ranked running back on the year. Ninth-ranked running back for four dollars four bucks four bucks well spent do you have any other picks that you are super proud of i don't know that i got a ton of value for it but tyreek hill was one of three guys that i had on my radar going into the auction that were the top tier uh wide receivers available 
And the other two guys were Devontae Adams and C.D. Lamb. And right now, Tyreek Hill, uh, $44. He's the number four receiver. I, look, you got to spend money sometimes. And I spent money on him. And I'm certainly pleased with the way that's uh, returned some value there. But yeah, my favorite of those is the Olave deal. $6. And, and I know Ramondre is probably more valuable. But $6 for Olave locked in for three years. I, I felt like that. Wow, that's paying immediate dividends. He's their top wide receiver in New Orleans. I do think the ones that I mentioned, those are those are the best. However, I think your most skilled pick was probably Hill. Going after those, uh, Brees Hall, Ramondre, Olave was kind of, all right, these are the, the low-dollar sleeper guys that I'm going after. And, you know, we all do that. Some people get lucky. Some people get burned. Some people get sermoned. So more credit to the Tyreek Hill pick, uh, Picking that one guy to spend your money on and having it pay off is really beneficial. And in fairness, I, I really had two guys I wanted <clears> to spend my money on. I was probably going to go a little bit higher on Mark Andrews. I got him for 28, really not because I thought he was worth 28 in the grand scheme of things, but I felt like there was such a drop off at tight end. I was not expecting it to be as distinct as it has been this year where it's Kelsey and Andrews and then everyone else. But right now, Mark Andrews is the number two tight end. I paid for the privilege of having a top tight end. And good news is he's yielding uh, positive results there. I also have thoughts about Mark Andrews that I will save till later in the pod. Senior superlatives. Hopefully he comes up then. Of your picks, who are you most embarrassed by? You know what? I love this guy. Had 12 great years with him in Detroit. But Matt Stafford as my quarterback. I spent nine bucks on him. He is the 26th ranked fantasy quarterback this season. Just a complete bust. Uh, not reliable as a starter. I'm you know, looking at other avenues. I'm trying to pick and choose starters now. Matt, I'm sorry, but you were my worst pick this year. It's a Got tough it. break. It's a tough situation for him out there, and it, it just didn't pay off for you. So, Any other thoughts on my team before we move on to Sean? No, let's talk about Sean. Sean, the fantasy football team. All right, so for Sean's team, usually we come into Sean's team and we, we attack it and we say, hey, you know, you didn't do so well. This year, I was trying to look at his good op- or uh, best picks. There are a lot of good options to pick from there. He actually had a bunch of guys, and they're all kind of in that middle to low tier salary-wise. The best of the, the group may actually turn out to be Damian Pierce. He spent 18 bucks on him, which is the most he spent on any player, which is not a lot. But for 18 bucks, Damian Pierce has turned into his 15th ranked running back or 15th ranked running back in the league. So, you know, wasn't expecting much. Houston's running game didn't totally see that, you know, turning into quite the juggernaut. But still, to get a bona fide starting running back week in, week out and only spend 18 bucks on it, that's a win. So that's my best pick out of Sean's teams. I cannot argue uh, with you on that one. Sean did have a, a rather good value draft here. His draft, he was, I think, handcuffed by available salary starting this draft. I think he had a lot of money locked up from last year and in previous years. But what little money he had to spend, he spent it pretty wisely. Yeah. I mean, let's just run down the list here. He spent 13 bucks on Christian Kirk. He's the number 11 receiver this year. Alan Lazard's a top 24 receiver. Now, he's injured now. We'll see how long he's out for, but only 12 bucks spent there, just like he spent 12 bucks on Adam Thielen. And then George Pickens, another wide receiver, five bucks. Low investment there. And, you know, he hasn't put up a ton of points yet, George Pickens in Pittsburgh, 
but you're liking what you're seeing so far. And then we get into Sean's, you know, dart throws, Tyler Algier, Wandale Robinson, Devin Singletary, spent between $1 and $3 on all those guys. Nothing wrong with any of those picks, right? Like seven weeks in, you can't really fault any of them. They're all, like you said, they're all dart throws, and he did he locked up Pickens on a three-year contract. He's got Wandale. Well, Wandale Robinson was just this year. I, I don't know that I like a five-dollar rookie wide receiver on a three-year deal. He might turn out to be good, or he might turn out to be a bust. And now you've got him locked up for three years. I mean, it's more about the roster spot than anything. And I think the right. ceiling for George Pickens, though, was a lot higher. I mean, even if he kind of not so much busts out, but if he just turns into like a Chase Claypool, that kind of guy for $5 really isn't eating up your cap space all that much. He's startable in a pinch, I would feel. So I think, you know what, there's really not a lot of downside other than, you know, maybe roster flexibility, but the upside's huge there. And we haven't seen only a half a season of, of George Pickens. So best could be yet to come there. And as much as I'd like to fire more shots Blinn's way, um, that's the only one that I really have criticism criticism on is Pickens on a three-year deal. Yeah, but the price is right, right? I mean, yeah, good job, Sean. No notes. Next up, Danny Flynn. Here's here's an interesting one. I'll, I'll let you go first on this one because I, I want to put off praising Danny as much as possible. Who do you think his best pick is? Best pick overall is obviously uh, Jacobs at Jacobs. $34. Agreed. Um, that's a no-brainer right there. But I did have here Taysom Hill for a dollar for the number three tight end. Yeah. You know, Taysom Hill is one of those guys where you, you got to have the confidence <clears throat> to, to send him out there. And if you're listening to the right podcast that give you that confidence, you can send him out there and, and uh, yeah, yield the returns of the number three tight end overall. But I, actually, all right, so he was a tight end. And I know Danny was pretty high. We, we, we kid Danny, but he was – picking them up in a bunch of other leagues there. I want to go back to Josh Jacobs because usually if we're talking about, hey, you had a great pick or a steal, we're not talking about guys that you spent $34 on. But for those $34, Danny got the number four running back in the league right now. And that's higher than guys like Jonathan Taylor. I mean, there are top tier guys that just aren't putting up the type of numbers that Josh Jacobs is. So you know what? You, you see Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas now, they're, they're not taking his, his fifth-year option. They're not exercising it. You wonder if Jacobs might be on the way out. Instead, you know, he may have played himself into another contract. So just a fantastic job and, and carrying Danny's team right now, I feel like. And, and that's the only knock you could have on Danny's decision on Josh Jacobs, $34. Right now, he's playing like a $60 running back, and Danny's only got him on a one-year deal. I think that makes sense in this. You know, you can, if he if he sticks around there, you can always franchise him. But with the contract, you know, uncertainty, you don't want the real life contract uncertainty. You don't want to get tied to a guy for thirty four bucks, not knowing if he's going to be the starter on his current team next year or the backup on a new team. You know, like a Melvin Gordon behind Javante Williams type of situation. Right. So, like you don't want to spend twenty one dollars on a split carry back who is now not performing at all. This makes me feel like you have a candidate for Danny's worst pick. I mean, I think we would both agree that it's AJ Dillon. Definitely AJ Dillon. I mean, he spent almost the same amount on Dillon as he did on Josh Jacobs. Twenty one bucks. AJ Dillon not quite yielding Josh Jacobs returns. He's the 38th ranked running back in the league. And unfortunately, Danny's had to trot him out here 
more often than not. So Danny started AJ Dillon a bunch and he got off to that great start, 14 points, you know, 40 yards rushing, 40 yards receiving plus a touchdown week one gives you that optimism. And then ever since then, it's been single digit scoring every single week since week one. So yeah, a lot of money spent, not a lot of returns and stuck in your starting lineup in, in the process. Yeah. The only other one that I had a note on was Christian Watson. Got him for a dollar, but he signed him to a three-year deal. And right now it's not looking good for that to turn out to be a good contract. You know, I, I understand the logic behind it. You're betting on Aaron Rodgers. You're betting on the draft pedigree of Christian Watson. And it just hasn't panned out yet, but hurt. And so, you know, with more reps in practice and more time to work with Aaron Rodgers and develop that chemistry, he could turn into something. But yeah, at this stage, man, just not giving anything. I've seen I've seen that story too many times where they go out and they draft a guy high, and next thing you know, they're not using him. Two years later, he's cut. He's on another team. You know, hey. Best case scenario, he he does have really great chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. Worst case scenario, he has really great chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. The Packers have done this to Rodgers before, where he he comes <laughs> out and he says, "Oh yeah, so and so's my guy. He's looking great. I'm so excited." And then they turn around and they cut him or they trade him, and and you know just stick it to Rodgers. It's funny, Rogers has been asking over and over again to get some help, use you know some help either free agency or the draft, and they invest in a lot of other positions besides wide receiver. In fact, they even drafted Jordan Love famously a few years ago, but now they finally draft Christian Watson up at the top of the draft, and it turns out he may not even be the best rookie wide receiver on his own team, and mm-hmm. not like Romeo Dobbs is doing all that much anyway, but he's certainly outperforming Watson. So, yeah, I think Danny's probably a little you know nervous watching Watson hoping for that emergence but it hasn't happened yet so yeah a little bit of a rough pick there yep you got anything else on Danny nothing else on Danny we move on to the gingerbread man hey just to point out yes we went alphabetically by team name and it still it still went Flynn 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 yeah they're all we all lump them together so the gingerbread man all right I was struggling to try and find the best pick on this this team. Now, they only drafted eight players. They carried a lot of people in from existing contracts. Of those eight players, one's a defense, one's a kicker. So we only got six other skill position players to choose from. I feel John, this is obvious, though. Well, who's? I don't think it was that obvious, but who would you think it was? No, this is obvious, and I'm surprised that it's not obvious to you. Who do you think it is? It's His obviously Big Hawk. Big Hawk? Nine dollars, number four tight end. He he's the number four tight end, but man, I think he'd it's be the, better than spending eighteen. I think he'd be the number six tight end if you took everything out except for week four for him. So he had that one huge week, and then a bunch of weeks where he's put up two, three, four points. So yeah, I mean, it's, you, it's all or nothing with him this year. But you know, it, that has more to do with the ups and downs of Detroit's offense. They've got players injured, so the offense as a whole hasn't been able to really get going. Yep. I just think that with the Detroit offense, if everyone's healthy, Amon Ra is a top option. DeAndre Swift's a top option. And then you've got Hawkinson kind of in there as those secondary options, along with Josh Reynolds and DJ Chark, 
it was just kind of, you know, they'll, they'll get their time, but Swift and Amon Ra are the ones that got to eat first. And this is not even counting when you get Jamison Williams finally up and running. Now, this is taking longer than expected, but when he comes around, man, he's going to have a, a big share, the lion's share, perhaps, if you will, of targets to go to him too. So I don't know that Hawkinson is, you know, he'll probably give us one, two more big games, us meaning the lion's fans, but also the gingerbread men. But I think your analysis is wrong. I well, think tight ends succeed when there's other players succeeding as well. When you have those wide receivers having big games and really spreading it out, that's when they they move the safeties over to cover and, and help out the deep guys. And then it opens up the middle of the field for your tight end. And you see teams, I mean, take, for example, Kansas City. When they're having big games and their wide receivers are stretching the field, that's when Kelsey comes up with huge games with those catches down the middle. That's fair, but I don't think the Lions offense, no offense to Jared Goff, he's not on the level of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, nor is <laughs> TJ Hawkinson on the level of Travis Kelsey. And I think the only thing, maybe the receivers now in Detroit with Amon Ra when he's healthy are on the level of the Kansas City receivers. But even without that, man, Josh Reynolds and DJ Chark really are just kind of regular guys you could mix in, maybe less talented than what the Chiefs have. So I don't think it's fair to say that that Hawkinson can do what Kelsey's doing in Kansas City. Hey, the best part about this is that I'm talking up the Lions and you're dogging on the Lions. It's because I watch all the Lions games. <laughs> I got a lot to say about the Lions in that sense. But no, I thought I thought if anything, if I was going to pick a best player off the Gingers roster, it was actually going to be Melvin Gordon this year. And not so much for what he's done, but the situation he's found himself in. Uh, you know, obviously Javante Williams is injured, so suddenly Melvin Gordon at $8 Hold on. The situation he found himself in was the guy in front of him got hurt. And instead of making him the number one, they went out and picked up a retired running back and brought him in who, what he was on the Latavius Murray was on the practice squad. Of He he popped back, I think in new Orleans for a minute and was on their practice squad, got elevated, never really signed. So they brought him in. You know what? And now it's he's getting ideal. the he's getting the majority of the carries in front of Melvin Gordon. Look, it's not good. I he only had six candidates to pick from on on Mikey's team. I didn't say there was a great <laughs> option. I'm just trying to be positive here. And of those six, the best. I didn't. I don't think T.J. Hawkinson is all that great. I get it. He's the number four tight end, but it's just that one week. Take okay. take that one week out and look how far he falls. Okay, so if you can't find a good one. Then, who's the uh, bad you, one? Who's the bad one? Well, you know what? Just like I picked the wrong quarterback, I think we talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit already. Aaron Rodgers at eight bucks is not yielding Aaron Rodgers numbers, and so I think that's his worst pick of the six. Aaron Rodgers just, you know what? He invested. You don't need to invest a lot of money to get a second or third tier quarterback like that. And when I say second or third, I mean fantasy tier, not real life MVP. But he's just not putting up numbers, and there were a lot of different quarterbacks he probably could have picked instead, spending eight bucks or less. Yeah, that would have done a lot better than what Aaron Rodgers has done. Yes, but Rodgers is still a startable quarterback at eight dollars. I looked at it, and it, not a big contract at five dollars, but Hunter Renfro, five bucks. He's the he's ranked one hundred and eleventh wide receiver. Yeah, he had that weird concussion issue where he, you know, fumbled on the game-winning, game-ending uh, fumble recovery, was out for a couple of weeks after that, and just hasn't looked right in the offense 
with Devontae Adams there. Now, Devontae Adams comes in. He's immediately the wide receiver one on the Raiders team, takes up a lot of targets. But I would have thought, if anything, just to your logic before, it would have opened up a lot of room for Renfro to work underneath. Hasn't happened yet. I don't know that I'm ready to give up on Renfro for the season. But, yeah, not not much uh, at $5, and he's gotten five points in his starting lineup out of him. Yeah, not, not a good return on investment. All right, enough yeah. with the gingers. Enough with the gingers. So on to the team that identifies, because we got identity politics involved in our fantasy league this year, which is fun. League champ Brett Bonincontri. Well, I think this is an easy one. I think this is a slam dunk. And if we had done this podcast a month ago, we might have a different answer. But right now, John, the easy, easy answer running away with this is Kenneth Walker as his best pick. $10 has looked fantastic ever since Penny went down in Seattle and in now Walker's the guy there. He's the number 19 running back. But again, he wasn't the starter there at the start of the year. So, man, I think, you know, look back at this later. He's going to be well into the top 15, maybe the top 10 running backs on the year uh, with the rest of the season to kind of gain ground here. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. I completely agree. Walker is the best out of everything that he's got. Uh, well, the best value pick anyways. And like you said, he's 19 now. I think if you if you look at just performance for the rest of the year, he's a top, definitely top 10, top seven, top six running back for performance for the rest of the year. And he's at 10 bucks. Yeah. And and he signed him to a long year, uh, multi-year contract. So good job, Brett. And, and look at this. I mean, he didn't play against Denver in week one, but his first three weeks, San Francisco, Atlanta, and Detroit of all teams, he puts up one, two, and two fantasy points respectively. Then when Petty goes down, he's put up 14, 16, and 28 his last three games. So again, he's running back 19 now, but man, just take that three-game sample size, extrapolate that over the full season, take those numbers any day of the week. Yeah. And so for not good picks... What do you yeah, got well, for Brett? Well, it's a good thing he's got Kenneth Walker there because I think Brett's got a lot of bad, at least as far as money spent. I think C.D. Lamb was this high-dollar pick. And like I said, going into the auction, there were three top guys, Adams, Hill, and C.D. Lamb. He spent 46 on C.D. Lamb and just hasn't really gotten the return on that one yet. He's the wide receiver 19, but obviously with, with Dak Prescott going down in that first game against Tampa Bay, it's just been tough for CeeDee Lamb to get things going. He had a couple games stretch where he put up 14 and 15 points. And then since then, it's been all single digits. It's just, I I struggle to see when you spend that much money on a top tier guy and you get middling running back, or excuse me, wide receiver two results. So I think that might be his worst pick. But then, I mean, there's a couple others you could probably call out as well. Well, I, I agree. CeeDee Lamb has not returned the value that he's invested in him. I wouldn't be too down on him. Like you said, without uh, Dak there, I with Dak back, you can definitely expect C.D. Lamb for the rest of the season to perform well. So if, if Brett's not too far out of it, I think C.D. Lamb can be pretty valuable for the rest of the season for him. Let me ask you this, though. Dak Prescott's <clears throat> come back one game since at the time we're recording this. That one game was a home game against the Detroit Lions, and CeeDee Lamb only put up a seven. Against the Lions, man, you'd think everyone should feast. Does that worry you a little bit if you're a CeeDee Lamb owner? 
No, it's one game. It's Dak's first game back. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Anyone else you want to call out as a not-so-great pick on League Champs team? No, there were some guys, like you said, that you're not super excited about their contracts and the money spent, but nothing too egregious. You don't think Elijah Moore is turning into egregiousness? $11, 18 fantasy points so far, only quit his team once this year? That's pretty bad, but I believe he's cut him now, right? Did he cut him? No, he hasn't cut him yet. Oh, I take everything back that I said. He's got Elijah Moore signed $11 through 2024. Yep, can't cut him without paying a two-year penalty, which is... My bad, Jay. You were right on that one. Elijah Moore's going to be around for a while. But the good news is Elijah Moore came back to the Jets, so he's getting hopefully maybe a fresh start. You know, with Brees Hall out now for the year, the Jets are going to look a little bit different. So maybe Elijah Moore can turn it on in the back half of the season. We'll see. We'll see. Next up for us, though, New Jersey Mob. All right, here's here's another interesting one. All right, who do you pick as the Mob's best pick of all his picks this year in the auction? You know, I did all of my homework this week, and for this answer, I have a question mark. You have a question mark. I have a question mark. I can't find one. He got 13 players from the draft or from the auction this year. So most of his guys were, were, were fresh coming in. I'll tell you who I like the best of this. And, and maybe you can tell me if you disagree, at least with this one. I thought Dallas Goddard at $6. He's the seventh ranked tight end. And we talked about this, what this means. It means he's behind guys like uh, TJ Hawkinson in Detroit. But Goddard's already had his bye week. So he's a little bit lower on the on the rankings just because of that alone and i feel like he's a lot more consistent i'd take goddard week in week out plug him into my lineup and feel confident that more often than not he's going to for me maybe not a great ceiling now he's had six eight eight seven nine his first five weeks and then put up a two against dallas before the bye but you know what i just that's all i want out of my tight end just give me you know six to ten points chance he gets into the end zone Give me that if I'm not spending a ton of money, six bucks and the tight end slot, way to go. I guess, but he's putting up waiver wire tight end numbers for waiver wire tight end money. I I wouldn't be too excited about that. I think, you know what, if he starts getting a little more touchdown, I think he's only has one touchdown on the season. So, you know, you get those touchdowns, those end zone, red, red zone looks, they can start to put those, you know, yardage numbers and make those a lot more respectable, get those weekly scores up in the double digits. And you know what? I'd rather have that than, you know, a guy like uh, a Kyle Pitts or someone like that who just isn't even seeing the ball. <laughs> yeah, you managed to work Kyle Pitts in there. Well, you know what? We <laughs> promised we would. Well, on the flip side of that, looking at Mike's team, trying to find a bad choice. There's one there's, option, right? I guess. You know, Allen Robinson has underperformed. Oh, woefully. I mean, I'm feeling the other end of it on the Stafford front, but yeah, Allen Robinson, you know, you're expecting big numbers with what they spent on him. And Mikey was, ex- or Mike, excuse me, Venutolo was expecting big numbers. With what he spent on him, $20. Yeah. You, you hope that they can turn it around out there and it'll actually work out, but that's, that's the one obvious one. The other one that I had a note on was Kadarius Tony. He's he's only a buck. He signed him to a two-year contract. What, he played one game for the Giants? 
Yeah, I think he got a couple couple fantasy points off of running the ball on some end-around jet sweeps or whatever the case is. But we don't have to worry about how the Giants are using him anymore because right. <laughs> newsflash, right? He's in Kansas City now. so Yeah, and he's not working his way up into the top four wide receiver in, in Kansas City's depth chart anytime soon. So Well, you know what? He's remarkably become a lot better ever since he got out of the Giants locker room and over in Kansas City. So... <laughs> Seems a little more enthusiastic to play. And look, they spent, what, a third and a sixth round pick, Kansas City did, to acquire him. So, you know, they're obviously thinking a little bit high of him. They don't want to spend that and not get results. So they'll probably give him a few chances here. We'll see what they do with him. Yep. All right. Next up on our list, the Philadelphia Boneheads. This is an interesting one. I'm, I went a little different uh, course here. But, John, tell me, who do you think his best picks were? I got another question mark. It did not answer. I, I got nothing. Yeah, so this one this one was a little tricky. Obviously, he's dealing with injuries on that team. Elijah Mitchell went down in week one. Mike Williams just got injured. So tough to gauge those guys. I actually thought that Andrew had two best picks, and they were kind of tied to each other. It was Kirk Cousins for $2 and Derek Carr for a dollar. And so he basically allowed himself to play the matchup, spent $3 on the quarterback position, and certainly I spent, you know, three times as much, $9 on Matt Stafford and couldn't do anything with it. So I felt like Cousins and Carr was, was the right way to go. I guess, but neither one of them are good, dependable quarterbacks. So you're constantly having to, to play matchups, which is not always fun. Well, and that felt like the right way to go. But now Andrew's not even playing matchups because he ended up cutting Kirk Cousins outright, which took me by surprise, a pleasant surprise, given that I needed the quarterback. I scooped him up effectively in a roundabout you way. You did not scoop him up. You sneaky, snitch, sneaky weaseled him. I made sure that I was able to acquire him. And it cost me a player. <laughs> it cost me a player. And I kind of let Mikey Flynn, you know, told him, hey, you know, who do you think off my team you would reasonably like to have? And, and I'll make that trade. And so we made that nah, trade. Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. We heard it. Yep, but no, but Derek Carr, I still think. I mean, Derek Carr would be fine to, to trot out there if you're punting on spending, you know, that kind of money at the quarterback position. For a dollar, he's put up between 11 and 19 fantasy points every week, and it's given Andrew flexibility to spend money on other positions. Unfortunately, some of his other positions haven't panned out so well, and I think that's where we get into his his bad picks. Well, and... Once again, I think there's one obvious one with him is Mitchell. Elijah 18, Mitchell. 18 bucks. Not That's a tough out. break. It's a tough break because, you know, first off, he gets injured and you're thinking, well, he's going to be out for a couple months, but then he'll come back and then I can at least, you know, have a guy for the back half of the season. And then since that time, then the Niners go out, acquire Christian McCaffrey. Jeff Wilson's look great and the writing's kind of on the wall. So I think Andrew's already cut bait on Elijah Mitchell at this stage just because yeah no point in holding on to him and then getting him back as best case scenario McCaffrey's backup so it's hard to call it a worse pick another interesting tidbit we went Flynn 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 and now we're going Stave Stave we are going Stave Stave next up Philadelphia's other team the unruly fans and they've got a lot of money or they had a lot of money to spend here so with all that money to spend, John, who's your best pick off of the Unruly Fans auction? Well, I don't know how much he spent on him, but I it well, it a dollar. Yeah. With dollar. all that money, his his best 
pickup was James Robinson for a dollar. Yep. James Robinson, yeah. you know what? It came out like a house of fire for the Jags. And now that he's in New York, he may have another opportunity to establish himself there as well. And for a dollar, you can't ask for much more than that. Yeah. And right now he's the number 21 performing running back. And right as it looked like he was going to lose the majority of shares in Jacksonville, he gets traded away and now he'll probably get even more carries. Yeah. I mean, you know, you hope that it doesn't take him a long time to get up to speed with the playbook and everything there that may, you know, give him a little bit more of a, you know, learning curve, so to speak. But yeah, I could see James Robinson, you know, at least being a goal line back in the interim and uh, giving him some options there. I also think Deontay Foreman kind of, you know, the back half of the Christian McCaffrey trade, Deontay Foreman in uh, Carolina left over there, last man standing. And uh, for a dollar there, I think that's, you know, got opportunity to yield a lot of good results moving forward. Well, speaking of Carolina, who do you think his bad pick is? So this one's kind of obvious. I think DJ Moore, $23 and just, you know, I don't know that we expected it to be this bleak for DJ Moore. He did get that touchdown last week in route to, you know, a, a decent game, 12 points. But yeah, I mean, when that's, you know, that's at that point, you're, you're benching him and you're waiting for him to turn around. So that 12 points isn't even useful in the first place. So yeah, DJ Moore, rough, rough way to spend $23, all that money to spend. And then he spends a lot of other money too on guys that maybe haven't totally panned out. Zeke Elliott at 42 bucks. You're hoping, you know, he comes back to the Zeke of old, but you know, it's been hit or miss so far. And then Brandon Cooks, $16, not a lot of returns there. So I think on top of DJ Moore, you know, we get some other issues there with money not well spent. Yep. Well, now to the darling of the podcast, Team Wobble. Well, wait a second. Oh. Aren't you forgetting someone? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm looking down. Oh, look oh, the oh. Yeah, you gotcha. forgot. You're you're on your own page, Damn. and your team's going to scroll all the way up to the top for easy viewing. So yeah. next up on our list, Team Maddox. I don't I have to scroll up. I, I, I know who's on my team. I know my bad picks. All right. Well, let's not start with your bad picks. Let's start with your good picks. Who are you most pleased with from this last auction? I think there's only one. Travis Etienne is I would agree. Is the best value pick anyways. I can't if you're my best pick, money best spent, Nick Chubb, sixty one dollars, but he's playing like a sixty one dollar running back. He sure yeah. is. He's the best running back in the league right now, fantasy wise, so so those, those are the two guys that I'm most proud of that Nick Chubb was the guy that I wanted. I spent the money, I got him and he's playing as I expected. Etienne is now, it took it longer than I was hoping. I was hoping by the third or fourth game, he was going to be the dominant back there in Jacksonville. It took a little longer, but he's panning out pretty, pretty well. Yeah, uh, I mean, you've got, Top guy and another guy that's a de facto rookie. I mean, I know it's his second year, but he missed all his rookie year. He's shooting to the stars. You know, he's so much so they shipped out James Robinson. $92 well spent, right, John? Yeah. And then, hey, you like tight ends. My guy, Friermuth, $2 for a top 10 tight end. 
Yeah, you know what? I think for a bargain tight end, that's the way to go because you could, you know, just as easily have spent a dollar on a guy like I don't know Dawson Knox or something and gotten nothing out of him. <laughs> oh, that's right, you did get nothing out of him. Yeah. No, but that's not your worst pick, John. I know who your worst pick is. I think you know who your worst pick is. Do you want to just say it? You can say it. Well, yep. Newly divorced, forty-five-year-old Tom Brady spent thirteen dollars, and again, he's putting up decent amount of points on you know fantasy wise but i guess look we're recording this on a friday night he just played thursday so he's got the benefit of having eight games instead of seven he's still only the seventh ranked quarterback and john correct me if i'm wrong he's not even on your roster anymore no i sent him to cutsville i have divorced tom brady it's just a rough week for touchdown tom well okay i'm sorry you made that i know you spent the last six weeks trying to trade him you're rolling with who now tua going forward yeah, two is two is the guy. Two is the guy. And you know what? Only a dollar. So you know what? You didn't invest a lot in that. Which neither should you if you're spending thirteen dollars on your starting quarterback. Yeah, you know we'll see. When two is healthy and playing, I think he's a really good bargain at a dollar. Yeah, I mean you know he puts up decent enough numbers, I suppose, and just needs to stay uh, upright and you know in control of his own body. Yeah. Because All right. We don't want we don't want to have concussion tongue of Iloa. Hey, 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 hey. Name. That's not nice to call somebody concussion so and so. Well, that's now you're proving my point. All right. Now on to the darling of the podcast team. You Walker. couldn't wait to get here. All right, here we go. Josh's team, his best pick. Man, I had I had a couple of candidates. All right. And my first candidate here, I'll toss him out, Pat Mahomes. We talk about QBs when they're bad. We'll talk about this one when he's good. He only spent $16 on this and got Pat Mahomes out of it. Just the name value alone. $16 felt like a steal on draft day. He's now the number three quarterback on the year. Feels like, you know what? You spent $16 to get a premium player at a premium position, and he's getting results. Yeah, that's a price for a premium quarterback. I'm glad to see that he didn't spend $27, $28 on on the name but for 16 bucks pretty good deal yep and then honorable mention zach Ertz uh spent a dollar on him and got the number five tight end funny enough though he hasn't started him well yeah i I guess you know you don't have to when you have travis kelsey already on your team so he's got this other huge asset that he can utilize and you know i guess he's going to trot him out here this week with kansas city on a buy but yeah just to be able to spend a dollar and get that kind of uh, of piece, especially on a down year for tight ends, you know, if Josh was going out there shopping for, you know, any other position, that's a great trade ship because there's a lot of teams that aren't getting that kind of production from their tight end spot. Sure. And then, you know, he's got flash in the pan, St. Brown, which is at $16. If he can get healthy, he'll definitely be worth that. And then mm-hmm. Juju. Juju at $9 is the number 20 wide receiver. Yeah, I'm not That's so deal. high on the Juju piece just because you feel like from week to week, anyone can be the star in Kansas City. Last two weeks, it's been Juju's been the star. Well over 100 yards both weeks, touchdowns in both games. But prior to that, you know, it was a little rough. Good thing for Josh is between bye weeks and injuries and everything else, he was kind of cornered into starting Juju both of those weeks. So he's getting the production. So yeah, hard yeah. to complain with, you know, for nine well, bucks. And then for 19, he's got Clyde Edwards Hilaire, number 11 running back 
for $19. That's not too bad. Not too bad. You know, you wonder if he can keep it up, but for the time being, and, and full disclosure, he took Clyde Edwards-Alaire and signed him to a two-year deal. So you're hoping, you know, he remains the guy. I think they recently said Isaiah Pacheco was going to be the starter last week. It didn't really change much in terms of workload distribution. It was close to even. But you worry that if they're going to start to get Pacheco involved even more, that suddenly that $19 looks a little bit onerous as far as a salary cap burden. Yeah, but you said we're judging on where we are this point in the season versus where they were drafted. I'm just they, saying we've already reached signed. the point of the season where <laughs> Edwards Alaire has lost his starting job. Yeah. So who of Josh's picks would you disagree with? So this is more of a philosophical disagreement than anything else, but I'm going to disagree. I think his worst pick was the Bills defense. $6 spent on a defense. All right, go ahead. Tell me why I'm wrong here. Not that I really condone spending more than $2 on a defense on draft day uh, or auction day in this case, but value over replacement this year, six bucks versus $5 waiver wire defense to get the number two defense. They're number two and they had a buy. So they're a, they're a defense that you're going to trot out there confidently week in and week out, knowing that you're going to have one of the highest scoring defenses. And sometimes that is the determining factor between two evenly matched teams is who's got the better defense. I think, I think that's a fair point. And, and that's why, again, it's more of a philosophical thing. If I wanted to go straight by the finances of it and what he spent on these players, I'd look at a guy like Drake London. This is more, he spent $15 on him, but then he only signed him to a one-year deal. And you know what? It's just the combination for me of signing a guy to a single year deal that's a rookie and knowing that, you know, unless you're going to franchise him, you're getting rid of him. You're throwing him back in the pond for $15 for this rookie in that offense. Clearly he's barely, I mean, he's great. He's talented. He's just not seeing the ball because they want to run the ball a ton. And so I think $15 there without the, the future year return is just tough to really justify as a good pick in hindsight. Sure. All right. We got one, one last more. team. You'll see. John, I'll let see. you have this last one. Who do you think is you'll see Tommy's best pick from the auction? Best pick, best value is Tyler Lockett. One dollar. Wow. Okay. One one dollar. Number twenty five wide receiver. You to go. Well, all right. So like I said, I'm looking at value versus performance here. A dollar for a a really solid number two receiver. Yep. I'll take it. You mentioned Mahomes at 16. I think if you say Mahomes at 16 is a deal, then you have to give him Lamar at 19 is a deal. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the issue with, with Lamar at 19 is, and we've talked about this every week, it seems like on the podcast, the regular episodes, he already had a Jalen Hurts on his team. Why is he spending $19 in the auction on another quarterback when you already have Jalen Hurts locked in? It feels like that was money that could be better well, spent elsewhere. You'll see. I, well, we're waiting to see. And and we've been waiting for a while. And there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have moved around either on he waivers it, or in yeah, trades. He did it so you'd have trade bait. He's going to make a big blockbuster trade. Well, we're still waiting for that. And at this point, well, you'll now, see. Yeah. Anyway, here's the funny thing. So. Lamar Jackson has 168 fantasy points scored on the year. Now, again, 
benefit of playing that Thursday night game. So he's got a game extra on top of everyone else for the time being. I know where you're going. I saw this too. Yeah. 168 (laughs) fantasy points on the year. 36 of those have been in Tommy's active lineup, which means that for all those fantasy points, there's 132 fantasy points that have been accrued on Tommy's bench. And so it really, I think it boils down to just that one week following the Miami game when he put up 41 again on his bench, starts him against new England, puts up 38, gets those 38 points. And, and I guess that's it. No, he couldn't even get those points. Right. When were the 36 points that he scored? He must have benched him and then taken a you know a few other points here and there. So he's missing his best games. He's missing his best performance. And in the meantime, all these points are just sitting on his bench, not being traded to another team for anyone else that could improve his starting lineup. I think at this point, man, look, maybe the auctioneering piece of it was okay, but the execution of everything else since then has just been awful between starting and sitting decisions and then not trading him yet. Well, and to your point, the auctioneering piece probably wasn't okay because that's $19 that he could have spent elsewhere. Yep. Now I didn't mean taking on Lamar Jackson. I do think that he had a, a great pick elsewhere and we had, you haven't talked about it yet. Raheem Mostert, $2. And right now he's the 23rd ranked running back on the season, but you know, he, he was losing some goal line touches to chase Edmonds of all people at the start of the year. And, Edmonds is getting phased out there. So I think his last three to four weeks here, a little more indicative uh, of what's to come for Raheem Mostert. You know, he had one bad game in there where he had put up a four, but otherwise, you know, 16 points against Pittsburgh, 17 points at the Jets. He's getting the opportunities a little bit more by the goal line. And when you're seeing him fall into the end zone on these weeks, suddenly, man, for two bucks, that's a starting running back. And, you know, it's hard to get a starting running back for 20 bucks, let alone two bucks. Well, talking about running backs, I'm going to move on to who I think his worst pick was, or one of his worst picks, David Montgomery. Yep. $31 for David Montgomery. And that has not panned out. You think that was a little bit of a homer pick for him? No, he would never, never draft with his heart. Well, I mean, I think it was, yeah, it was his only Chicago bear that he picked up. I mean, I don't see, you know, really much else, you know, in common with any of the other players that Tommy has, like Kareem Hunt or Deshaun Watson. (laughs) I don't, you know, those aren't, you know, guys that Tommy's tied to in any way. So, no, I think he doesn't draft with his heart. And, uh, yeah, David Montgomery, a little bit of a rough one. But, again, I I mentioned, you know, you don't want to spend – it's hard to get a running back for $20. He spent $31. Is he startable most weeks? Yeah, he's probably startable. You're not going to feel great about it. But – you know, you can plug him into your lineup and he'll he'll do better than a waiver pick, I suppose. But yeah, thirty-one dollars left to spend there. Yeah, and then the other disappointment is Darren Waller at twenty dollars. Yeah, you think you're getting a number twenty-three. Oof. Yeah, you Ouch. think you're getting a top guy at that position. You think you're gonna have the advantage. Maybe not the Kelsey or Andrews level, but that next tier, you're expecting Darren Waller to be in that next tier. And man, he's like three tiers below that. And so twenty dollars, the opportunity cost. Um uh, of not spending elsewhere. I mean, he could have spent, you know, $28, what I got Mark Andrews for. So for a few more dollars, maybe you don't take Lamar Jackson and, and you get Mark Andrews instead of Darren Waller. All right, Jay, I'm tired of hearing you talk about tight ends. All right. Uh, let's tight end talk. Let's move it on. Let's get towards the tail end of this. Let's sum it up. Who do you think is, well, where are we going with this first? We're going with. So I best. was going to ask you top dollar. 
the best top dollar picks best big money spent yes. getting back performance now so i want to use a threshold here 25 dollars or more there's a nice little point in the the auction where 25 bucks tends to be you know the so i i took the approach of did you spend a lot of money and you got what you were expecting not did you spend a lot of money did you spend more than 25 and you got more than your your value so okay tell me how you interpret it what your pick is then for the big money spend biggest money spent that was worth it i i had to go with nick chubb 61 dollars, and he's a 61 dollar player um, that's fair you know i i saw your list i don't disagree with how you approached it for the most part tyreek hill at 44 dollars He's wide receiver number four, well worth the money. Josh Jacobs, $34. He's a $45, $50, $60 running back. Yeah. Etienne, $31. He's he's a $40 running back. You know, I and I don't see anybody else that bears mentioning in the over $25 worth it. Yeah. You got, I, you you know, got anybody else? Those... Well, I think any of those guys, you spent the money, you're happy with what you, you bought and what you got out of them. The only other guy I put in there is, is my own guy. And so maybe it's a little rose-colored glasses because it's my own team. But I put Mark Andrews in there at 28 bucks. He's the tight end two. And I want to be careful about bragging about the tight end two because the tight end three is so far below that point. But <clears throat> looking at just the flex numbers, going into this week's games, he was flex ranked, meaning running backs, receivers, tight ends, 21st overall okay and so this, this is not a flex league i understand that so that doesn't count what my point With, is no i you're wrong and i'm gonna i'm gonna teach you about fantasy football i know sure you're enough. new to this but you have to look at value over replacement yes. you spent 28 dollars. correct he's averaging nine points per game Right? Are you well? Yeah, he had a rough game where he left with injury most okay. recently, but fair enough. You could have gotten Hawk for nine dollars, which is twenty-one dollars less. Or, and he would have I'm had sorry, a worse game every eighteen dollars left one week. You could have gotten many other tight ends for less, and then you could have spent more to get Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson and have a top-tier quarterback. And that would have the difference that you would have lost in points per game and tight end to go with just an average Joe tight end. You would have lost what five points a game and you would have improved your quarterback and you would have been getting eight, 10, 12, 24 points more out of your quarterback than you're currently getting. But you want to talk about value over replacement. Let me tell you some of the actual replacements that I could have had instead of Mark Andrews. These are actual teams, and I'm not picking on any one of them. I'm just saying this is so hard to get a good tight end. I could have gone with the combo of Irv Smith and Kyle Pitts. I could have gone with the combo of Tyler Higby and David Njoku. I could have gone with the combo of Dalton Schultz and Gerald Everett or Mike Gesicki and Hunter Henry. These are all combinations of tight ends that are on active rosters right now where you're looking at that and you're just like oh my tight end position sucks and so i went with spending this money at a position where there wasn't a lot of talent i wasn't expecting it to be this barren this year which just makes the decision even more justified in my book so i'm happy with that contract hey you could have had Ertz for a dollar or goddard for six 
yeah, I'd rather have Ertz for a dollar or Goddard for six and spend the money elsewhere. But I didn't know that I was going to get that. I could have spent the money on, again, a TJ Hawkinson and only gotten one good week. I could have spent the money on Darren Waller and gotten basically no good weeks. So I spent the money on a guy that I felt with Travis Kelsey already kept. He's out of the equation. He's not there. I went top tier best available player and paid. But he's not top tier. At that position. Kelsey, at that position. Kelsey is top tier. Kelsey wasn't available in the auction. I'm, I'm, but, but you're, you're saying top tier of what's available. Kelsey is top tier. Kelsey's worth twenty eight dollars. He's in his own tier. I'll give him that. Mark Andrews might be the top of the second tier, but the top of the second tier to the bottom of the second tier, there's a whole lot of people in there, and there's not a whole lot of difference in week to week performance. I think if you're putting Kelsey in his own tier, you're putting Andrews in his own tier too as a second tier. I don't think there's anyone that comes close to Kelsey and Andrews week in, week out that you can rely on at tight end this year. And maybe we could agree to disagree there, but that's where I stand on that position. You're wrong. All right, let's move on before (laughs) we start fighting with each other. All right, so we talked about best high dollar pick. How about best value pick? And I mean like cheapo under $10, best value cheap pick that you got that you get the most return on. Well, let's hear what you got. All right, well, so... I think the first guy that came to mind was Kenneth Walker for Brett's team. $10, so fits the criteria just barely. Again, 19th ranked running back, but what we're looking at going forward, a lot more starting opportunities, and I feel like that's one of the best candidates. I think Raheem Mostert and James Robinson are in there for $2 and $1 respectively. And then I got to throw out a couple of my guys, Chris Olave and Ramondre Stevenson at 6 bucks and 4 bucks. That's who I had, and I don't know who to pick from that group. It's probably Kenneth Walker, if I'm being honest, though. Well, I can't argue with those that you named. I would say best value pick is James Robinson. At least if you're going this point in the year, Walker's $10. He's RB19 right now. Robinson is $1, and he's RB20. So best value to this point, sure, Looking forward into the future, I'd much rather have Walker at 10. But looking at this point in the year, best value award, I'd have to go to James Robinson. Yeah. And I think you got to take, you know, what we know about their situations. You know, we can't totally, you know, project what things are going to look like. But certainly Walker's getting more touches. James Robinson's moving to a new team. We don't know what that will look like. Well, and as you get into, like, looking forward, best long-term contract. Who you got? Long term. Yep. So again, I'm going to throw my own guy out there. And this may be potentially the best one that's out there other than, well, all right. So I'll say Chris Olave again, $6. I signed him for three years this year. So through 2024. But then you've got, again, Kenneth Walker, 10 bucks, only signed through next year, though. So I think those are the top two candidates. I don't know if you have other candidates that are out there that compare with those two or that you want to put just in the conversation, John. Well, he, he's not as much of a bargain, but I have Travis Etienne, $31. I signed him through 2024. Yep. I think that, yeah. that works, and that definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Because, again, sky's the limit for Etienne right now. Yeah. Yep. I also think, honorable mention, Damian Pierce, 18 bucks through next year. You know, again, he's a rookie, so can they put a little bit more pieces in place in Houston and, and just give the offense as a whole a little bit more opportunity to score more points and then Pierce gets the, you know, the short touchdowns on there. I think Pierce, you know, $18 right now is fine and having him through next year is exciting. 
And then Dallas Goddard also, you know, tight end position. We talked about this plenty, six bucks for the next couple of years. I don't see Dallas Goddard's production dropping off. I think the situation that he's in, they don't have another tight end over there. It's not like when they got Goddard in there to replace Zach Ertz and they had to overlap for a while. So I think Dallas Goddard's a good contract, $6 for through the next two years. I don't know why you like tight ends so much. Well, I promise you I'll stay away from tight ends on this next subject. Here. All right. <clears throat> Who's the worst long-term contract you see, you can see out there? Well, I saw your notes. Like I said, I have to agree. Can't argue. Uh, you've got Dylan, Watson, more and more. Elijah and Sky. You know, yeah. And so, yeah, just so, so if you don't know what they are, Dylan's $21 through 2024. Elijah Moore's $11 through 2024. Christian Watson's $1 only through 2024. And Sky Moore's $1 through 2023. Now, I'll I am surprised. The, yeah. You, you, you picked on Sky Moore through 2023 for $1. You completely missed. I have Isaiah Spiller, $2 through Ooh. 2023. And he's been a healthy scratch up until this past week. He got to play this past week and got zero points. So Sky Moore, I'm more okay with that I've got him for a dollar through next year. If he does absolutely nothing, then he's dropped after next year's auction. It was a, a gamble. Isaiah Spiller is already to this point looking like he's a complete bust. But you know what? For these guys that are a dollar, two dollars, I can't really fault it. It's a home run swing. You're you're really hoping that they pan out, and you're not risking you know cap space. You're risking roster space only. If they pan out, you've got a guy at a huge bargain, and you can keep him for you know the contract length, and then start franchising him for as long as you'd like without really tapping into too much of your salary cap. So I get that. But when you get a guy like an AJ Dillon, man, twenty one dollars, that's a little rougher. I refuse to believe that this is the for AJ Dillon. Like I don't think he's this bad. I just can't imagine that it's going to be like this for him for three years. So hopefully Danny gets a little bit of a return on him, but right now it's looking like that's the worst contract from this year's auction. I doubt Danny holds on to him for three years. I see that getting that contract getting dropped and getting re-rolled here pretty yeah. soon. Probably depends on what they do with Aaron Jones. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so John, yeah, go I got to cut you off because I'm going to go a little bit out of order. We talked about this in terms of best pick and then worst pick, but I don't want to end the <clears> podcast <throat> on that note. So let's go with the worst pick first. Worst pick overall of the entire auction. Not contract, just value spent. I will. I want to hear yours, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. Well, it's funny. I've got two guys candidate-wise here, same price, $21, and I would lean – a little bit more towards DJ Moore than AJ Dillon. Again, I told you why I think AJ Dillon has a little bit more promise. I just don't know that PJ Walker is going to bring out the best in DJ Moore. So I'm going to call it DJ Moore right now at 21 bucks. Okay, you're wrong. Sure. It's why? Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, sixty-three dollars. Sixty-three bucks. He's averaging ten points per game. Right. Y you could have gotten Josh Jacobs at thirty-four dollars. You could have gotten Pierce. For 18. You, you could have, have gotten, gotten DJ Moore and AJ Dillon and had 21 bucks left over. <laughs> you could have got Clyde Edwards Hilaire for 19. Miles Sanders for 15. Even Zeke at 42 is a deal compared to the performance that you're getting out of Mixon after spending $63. And on top of that, Mixon signed to two years at $63. 
that's a rough one. We didn't bring that up as far as the worst contracts go. This was such a swing and a miss that it it hurts. That much money for such little pedestrian performance and to have it locked up for for two years, I don't know what's worse. Drafting that, getting that in the auction and signing it to a two-year deal or trading for it. I mean, I guess I could see that. Here's the thing. Ricky, when he went into the auction this year, he only had five roster spots that weren't his kicker in defense. And he had a ton of money to spend. He had well over $100 of cap space to use. So he had to, he had to go big ticket. And yeah, he just picked the wrong ticket, I suppose. But especially when you figure you could have gotten Nick Chubb for roughly the same price. But yeah, he I, cast I, his lot in with Mixon. I, I can't fault him too much because... He he turned it around. He unloaded him. Yeah, he did. So good good job, Rick. But you know what? What, what would you expect to spend for that kind of production? For Mixon's for, for, production, what would you want to spend and and for, justify that? For getting ten points per game, average At out of running my back position, yeah, twenty five tops. Okay. For a, for an RB two. Yeah. I think yeah, you know, the issue with Mixon is, you know, for a while he wasn't getting in the end zone. He scored in two straight games, and hopefully he can put some of those good yardage games together with a touchdown and improve. But, yeah, 63 bucks is a lot to spend in the meantime. Yep. All right, so now the big honorary reward crown achievement. Best pick overall from this year's auction. John, your candidate, please. I... It, it is so tough. I have to go with Jacobs. And I know you've got the same two that I've got. The reason I go with Jacobs is because that one panned out immediately. I feel like there was very little luck involved in that one. That, that makes sense. I see why you'd say that. I'm actually going to lean slightly to the opposite direction. And again, it's a close call, but I'm going to go Kenneth Walker. And here's why. I don't think that Rashad Penny was all that established. Look, I had Rashad Penny. I may have even been in the auction league when he was a rookie, and I had been watching him get injured year in and year out. And so when he had his big breakthrough year last year, when Chris Carson went down, I just didn't think that Rashad Penny was was going to keep that up or was likely to keep that up health-wise. So you've got Kenneth Walker, who's one of the best runners from his rookie class alongside Brees Hall. But Kenneth Walker was, you know, second round pick and went into a situation where now they're going to be running the ball more and felt like not so much luck, but the right set of circumstances that were all relatively likely to occur. It was likely that Rashad Penny would get injured. It was likely that they'd run the ball with a power running scheme and it was likely that he would succeed. And those three things all happened and i think for 10 bucks man you've got a, a a top 12 15 running back for a long time going forward i don't disagree too much but being local here in seattle and listening to sports talk radio here it was not expected that the seahawks would be as good as they've been this year so it was expected that they were going to have a rough year pete carroll is not one to take his lead back and bench him midway through the year the only way that happens is if he gets if penny gets hurt otherwise if penny had a down year and and fell off they would have still kept him as their lead back and let him kept giving him his opportunities 
And then at the end of the year, they would have moved him. But they weren't going to move him mid-year, and they weren't going to just bench him mid-year if he stayed healthy. Look, that's fair. And like you know, you said, you've got the the viewpoint from being in the Seattle area, hearing what they have to say from those local reporters. Yeah, maybe it was a little bit more luck involved. Maybe not all the circumstances were as likely as it seemed, but certainly can't argue with the results. So Brett's got to be thrilled with what he's got there. He's moving his way up the standings, and Walker's a big reason why. Yep. Good job, Brett. Good job, Danny. You two are the winners. Well done today. You win the draft, uh, which Ricky says is the most exciting part of the fantasy football season. So good job. Yep. Well done. Well, we hope you enjoyed our draft recap, auction, look back, whatever you want to call it. We really want to thank Quarantino Casino for sponsoring today's show. We were able to bring this to you completely uninterrupted. We had a great time doing this. Hope you enjoy listening to it. And John, anything else you want to add here? No, thanks again, everybody. Jason talked so much that you may even get this unedited because it's getting pretty late out here. And I might just post it and go to bed. All right. Well, Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Glad you have your notifications on. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk soon. Have a good one. Take care. (coughs) Don't cough on the podcast. It's...